Thank you so much for tuning into the Chronic Illness Support Podcast. Today, our guest is Meg Cadu Hirschberg, who will be talking about her journey with cancer. The American Cancer Society estimated that there were a total of 1,762,540 newly diagnosed cancer cases in 2019. Thank you so much for joining me today, Meg. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, thanks for having me today, Sam. I appreciate it. Yeah, you're um, welcome. So I am the co-founder of uh, an, what is now an online lifestyle transformation program that was initially geared to cancer survivors and offered in person to survivors, but now we offer it really as an overall prevention program to reduce the risk of chronic illness. And it's called the Anti-Cancer Lifestyle Program. Uh, and our website is anticancerlifestyle.org. And we would just welcome our, our course is free. And uh, we also offer webinars, free webinars, and um, access to our experts, uh, something called learning circles. We have a newsletter. So we offer really a variety of ways to support and encourage lifestyle change that can reduce the risk of non-communicable chronic illness, such as cancer, uh, cardiovascular disease, and diabetes, all three of which are, well, two of which are major killers and all three of which are, you know, really plague um, many Americans today. Yeah, that's awesome. Congratulations on that. Um, Yeah, you're welcome. Do you want to talk a little bit about your journey with cancer? Yeah, sure. So um, I was diagnosed, actually, it's funny, I just brought chocolates to my oncologist last week. Um, because uh, it's now 20 years since my initial diagnosis. That's with, awesome. Yeah, with stage three breast cancer. I had a pretty serious wow. cancer because I was misdiagnosed for a long time, which happens more, you know, more than you think in cancer world. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I didn't know anything about it, you know, and I kept going to the doctor and they kept telling me it was all right. But eventually I did find out that it was breast cancer and I had, you know, a fairly serious case and a a fairly radical treatment, you know, surgery and chemo and radiation. And, um, and then they told me at that point that I stood a very good chance of never getting cancer again. And lo and behold, seven years later, um, I did get a recurrence in my bone, the single metastasis in my bone which was radiated. And, but at that point I thought, oh my God, you know, I better do something. I mean, there was something about a recurrence as any of your cancer, your listeners with cancer will probably understand, but a a recurrence shakes you up in a different way than even the initial um, diagnosis. Cause like, wow, you know, I've really got this thing and I, I may, you know, this thing may kill me. Like I better do something, you know, my doctors were doing their treatments, but I did wonder, is there nothing I can do? And that's when I started this whole process of finding out, in fact, there's a lot that people can do in terms of their lifestyle to reduce their risk of cancer and of cancer recurrence. So um, it's a long story how I got there, but I ended up being inspired by a friend of mine who wrote a book called anti-cancer, a new way of life that was all these sort of evidence-based lifestyle uh, changes you could make that would reduce your risk. And I thought, ah, oh, finally, I have, you know, evidence-based information of things that I can do. Because before that, like I did ask my doctor, as most 
many cancer patients do. And they really don't know about this stuff. Like they know about their treatments um, and that's what they're really good at and good at doing. But they, they're not really schooled uh, in um, what lifestyle behaviors might, might reduce the risk of recurrence or of cancer initially. So that's, that led me on this whole path to creating this course. And I'm not a content expert myself, but I created it with our local cancer center who brought in experts in each of the areas that we cover in the course. Yeah, I'm so sorry that you went through all of that. And it's great you've been able to use what you've been through to help others. Yeah, it's been wonderful because I certainly know how it feels to be looking for information and not knowing where to go. Yeah. A lot of people just wind up, and this is true, I think, of any chronic illness. You don't often get this kind of information from your providers. And mm -hmm. so people go online, you know, or they listen to friends and they, you know, don't always wind up with things that are useful. And sometimes those things are, are actually contravene their therapies. They're actually uh, harmful. Most of the time, yeah. it's more that they just don't do it, do much for, for you. So yeah. I was just so grateful to have that information myself. And I knew that other people would be as well to have a place where they knew they could go to get validated doctor approved information and tools and tips, you know, to really help you get part of what we do is try to make it all feel achievable. Uh, so that's, that's, you know, for anyone who signs up with our course, you'll see, we really kind of break things down into steps so it doesn't feel so overwhelming. Yeah, definitely. Um, you touched on this a little bit, but do you want to talk about um, what made you decide to become an advocate? You know, um, what it, I think what it was was exactly that, was that I found myself looking for this stuff, going online, not knowing where to go, wanting to take power back in what felt like a powerless situation. Um, <laughs> I, I I, you know, I, I felt like there's got to be something more I can do here that I can do, you know, a way that I can help take charge of my health in addition to what the doctors were doing. And I think a lot of people with chronic illness do have this feeling of disempowerment, confusion, fear. And, you know, there's nothing, I mean, this is not about creating false hope, but what pervades out there is a sense of false hopelessness. Mm -hmm. you're not you are not helpless and so it was it was that sense of empowerment that I found so um attractive and 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 reviving of my own spirit and so yeah just kind of one thing led to another you know as it often is in life you sort of lean over your skis and you find yourself doing stuff and then so I contacted my local cancer center and they were um, really amenable to, to creating this course. And before I knew it, we were sitting down with, you know, registered dietitians and fitness experts and mindset experts and environment experts and creating the curriculum for, for this course. So it's been yeah. very fulfilling and I think um, really uh, provided answers to a lot of people who likewise are trying to figure out how to take some power back in their lives over their health. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, do you know how long you suffered with symptoms before you were diagnosed with cancer? Well, the way I noticed it was, um, you know, breast cancer is usually not painful, uh, unlike some other cancers. And so I just noticed a lump in my breast. 
So, you know, and I went to the doctor right away and said, hey, you know, what is this? And I, I'm one of the rare people, it has to do with the type of breast cancer I had, but I had a mammogram and then I had a sonogram that came back clean. And uh, I just thought, well, you know, I went to the doctor and he said, well, I, I think you're fine. I said, well, but this thing's growing. Yeah. He said, he said, well, just a cyst. Some people get cysts, you know, and I, what I didn't know better, you know, I just thought, okay, it's kind of weird, but okay. And then uh, I had my, I just happened to have my annual um, OBGYN checkup and she saw it and she just hit the roof. She knew right away it was breast cancer, but you know, this is what happens when you don't know about these things. You don't know. And the doctor tells you it's nothing and you know, you just kind of accept it. But right. I know a lot more now than I did then. Yeah. Um, what treatments have you tried? Did any of them help? And did you have side effects? Well, as I mentioned, I initially had the surgery chemo radiation. And then when I had the recurrence, I had radiation, which um, worked to kill the tumor. And uh, But then I did get, 10 years later, I did get cancer back in my adrenal glands. And I am now on a, um, a fairly benign, uh, it's not a chemo, it's just, uh, it's kind of hard to explain what it is, but um, it's a, it, they're just pills I take every day that help keep everything in check. So I'm feeling fine, and, but I am managing active cancer right now. Um, okay. but it's, but I, have, I have very small amount of disease and um, you know, I feel fine and just, you know, it hasn't affected my life. I feel lucky to have had 20 years um, of basically most of that time I have not had tumors. I mean, I've clearly had cancer cells. Mm -hmm. I haven't had tumors most of that time. So I feel very lucky. Yeah. Um, what other information would you like to discuss about cancer? Um, well, I think it's important for people to know that, you know, not to be uh, <laughs> and sound dire about this, but, you know, one in three women and one in two men at some point in their lives will get a diagnosis of cancer. Americans, that is. It's different for every country, but that's the statistic in, in our country. Um, and that amounts to about 40% of the population. And so I, you know, I would encourage even people out there who don't have cancer, may have other issues, but um, to, to, to really uh, try to live as healthy a lifestyle as they can. Um, it, it's an interesting, you know, to help, you know, reduce their odd, I mean, it'll help with whatever chronic illness they may have, but also reduce their risk of adding a, a, a cancer diagnosis on top of that. One interesting uh, statistic is that about half of cancer patients die of something other than cancer. Oh, wow. So, you know, a lot of cancer patients have comorbidities. They may have cardiovascular disease or other issues that they wind up dying of, even though they also have cancer. So I think we, we would all do well to try to live an anti-cancer lifestyle because it's really an anti-chronic illness lifestyle. Yeah, definitely. Um, do you have other illnesses you would like to talk about? Uh, no, I'm lucky. <laughs> it's, uh, actually, it was funny when I, um, you know, with, with, with the COVID vaccines coming out, um, mm -hmm. I didn't fit the initial category of uh, once they got past the frontline workers. Uh, the first category was 65 and over, which I'm not, or um, 
two chronic illnesses and I only have, I only quote unquote have cancer. So I wasn't eligible at first, which is kind of funny, but no, I, I, um, I'm very fortunate that way. That's, that's the only thing that's, you know, been affecting my life, knock on wood. Yeah. Um, how have you coped with having cancer? You know, I think honestly, um, following the, you know, well, first of all, it's been really wonderful being able to help others, you know, via the program. Um, thousands have benefited from our online course and um, we have evaluations that they, people fill out and they seem pretty universally really positive and really grateful for all we're offering. So that's been a great joy for me to be able uh, to bring that to people. But I think generally for me, you know, I'm fortunate, unlike a lot of people with chronic illness, but on a day-to-day -day basis, I don't, I feel good, you know? So mm -hmm. mostly what I do is I just live a normal life. I don't think about it. Even though I take these pills every day, I don't think about my illness, you know? I, I mean, I, I, except for when I go see my oncologist and get scans and stuff, I just don't think about it. I just kind of go about my day and um, do my thing and try to squeeze joy out of life wherever I can. And um, that's worked for me. But I'm lucky, as I say, if I had, you know, obviously chronic pain or, or something that was like a constant reminder uh, right. of my illness, um, that would be a whole other story. So I'm, I'm very fortunate that way. Yeah, what is something you wish you would have known when you were diagnosed? Well, I, I think, you know, going back to that moment, um, first of all, I should have gotten a second opinion, uh, you know, going back to that, because I was misdiagnosed for quite some time. And I would encourage people out there to, you know, I mean, probably most of the people who listen to your program already have been diagnosed, but, you know, there, there are so many people who they may know who, you know, they think something's wrong and they go to the doctor and, um, and the doctor says everything's fine or your symptoms are just, you know, in your head or whatever. And if your instinct is telling you something's wrong here, uh, get another opinion, get a second, get a third. You know, I, I just think that's, I had an instinct that something was wrong and I didn't follow up on it. And I'm sorry that I didn't, but you know, you can't look back. There's no point. But that right. is something that I wish I had known at the time. And the other thing I wish I had known is that I had some power here. Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't know that. I just was, I thought, okay, I'll just do my treatment. Like basically put it all on the doctor and their treatment and then just go on my merry way. And I don't have to change anything about my life. And, you know, that, that was not a productive attitude. I mean, I, I should have taken it. I did end up when I got my recurrence you know, I really, it made me sit up and take notice and take action. But I, I, I do wish I had thought to, to do so at the time of my diagnosis. But again, you don't want to look back. It's, you know what you know now, and you know, there's no looking back. But those are two things I wish I had been aware of back then. Yeah, is there any other advice you would like to give listeners? Um, well, just to emphasize again that, you know, you do have power. And it's just important to remember that you don't have control. We don't have control 
over you know our illnesses really but we do have power way more than we know yeah is there any other information you would like us to know about cancer or your program um well our program it, it, it's pretty much the only comprehensive lifestyle program out there uh, in that you, this is all information that if you look hard and in the right places, it's all available online, but it's not all available in one place. Mm -hmm. And also that way you don't have to sort through things that are, you know, maybe not correct. I mean, God knows there's a lot of stuff online that's just false. Right. Um, so, you know, they can, people can really have confidence that what we're offering is validated, backed up by data, doctor supported. And we cover the areas that we talk about. Here. We talk generally about lifestyle change that in our introduction module, but our, subs our substantive areas are diet, fitness, mindset, and environment. And by environment, we mean like your home environment. Mm -hmm. It really comes down to a lot of the purchasing decisions that you may make about whether it's your personal care products or your cleaners or the way you, you know, get your clothes dry clean, the chemicals that they use, or the pots and pans you use in your food storage, the oils that you use, you know, that sort of thing. Um, that's what we talk about a lot in the environment um, module of our course. So uh, that's, that's, that's pretty much so how the course is structured. We don't talk about you know the the main the main driver of cancer still is smoking, um, and basically we're not an anti-smoking course per se. We're not teaching people how to stop smoking. That you know you'll have to go elsewhere for that information. But the mm -hmm. number one thing that any person can do to reduce their risk of cancer who smokes is to stop smoking. Well, that's like the very first thing. Um, a lot of people are surprised to learn that alcohol is a group one carcinogen, unfortunately, as termed by the World Health Organization. Um, not that we advocate you know, not drinking at all. I mean, I, I enjoy wine and not very much, but I never was a drinker anyway. But um, basically to you know, try to reduce your consumption um, so those are two major things in our lifestyle uh, that we don't talk about, of course. Um, but all the other things are basically the things, the lifestyle choices that we make every day. You know, how much we move, what we eat, the products we buy, and how to govern our managers' business. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, how can someone show support? Well, you know, we'd love for your listeners uh, and readers to um, check out our website uh, at anticancerlifestyle.org. We have a lot of, we have a toolkit that has videos and apps and books, all that kind of thing. You don't have to enroll, of course, to use any of that. As I said, we offer webinars and reading circles and newsletters. And, but at the core of it all is our course. And, and it, as I say, everything we offer is free. So there's no financial barrier. And, um, you know, check out our course. You can take, it's self-paced. You can take one module or all of them, you know, whatever you want to do. Um, interestingly, we have people enrolled in the course from 27 different countries. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Which is so great. People are finding us online. 
And I love that. We just had someone last week from Iraq, which shocked me. (laughs) I just love seeing that because it's a community of people around the world who are trying to take charge of their very inspiring. Yeah, definitely. Um, along with your website, how can listeners connect with you? Uh, well, there, we have a, a contact uh, on the website. Uh, so it's basically info at anticancerlifestyle.org. Okay. Anyone is welcome to get in touch with us there. We love hearing from people. Thank you so much for taking time to be a guest on the Chronic Illness Support Podcast to talk about cancer, to help provide education and awareness. I enjoyed having you, Meg. Oh, thank you so much, Sam. I appreciate the time and the chance to reach your listeners. If you found listening to the Chronic Illness Support Podcast helpful in any way, please subscribe, rate, and review. Thank you so much for listening. (laughs) 